Welcome to Medical Matters Weekly with Dr. Trey Dobson, presented by Southwestern Vermont Healthcare and Catamount Access Television. Welcome, everyone. Today is June 6th, 2022. We are recording this uh, for our June 8th show. I don't know what the weather is going to be like on June 8th, but today, right now on June 6th, it is fantastic. I'm Trey Dobson, Chief Medical Officer at Southwestern Vermont Medical Center and an emergency medicine physician with Dartmouth Health. And this is Medical Matters Weekly, a show about the aspects of healthcare that matter to you most. And my guest today is Kevin. I'm going to pronounce Kevin's last name correctly here, I believe. Mazuzan, is that right? Yes. That's Close it. enough. Uh, Kevin is the executive director of the Vermont chapter of the American Red Cross, which we are really excited to learn about the Red Cross, as well as Kevin uh, personally and his role and leadership. A little bit about Kevin. He earned his bachelor degree from George Mason University in Virginia. Uh, having done my residency in Virginia and having many friends in Virginia, I'm well uh, familiar with George Mason. It's a great place, a uh, great place to live and great place to work and study. He served for 11 years as a paramedic and later as an officer with the Fire Department of New York. So I'm going to be asking you some questions about that because I think that is fascinating. Uh, earning the rank of captain in 2014, according to my notes here. Uh, and many other things, serves on many uh, organizations throughout the uh, state, including as uh, a board member of the Vermont Emergency Food and Shelter Program. And he's been the executive director for Vermont uh, Red Cross since March of 2016. Is that right, Kevin? Correct. All right. So let's go back in time real quick and, and tell us a little bit about where you're from, and then you can go all the way up into, uh, into present day. Sure, sure. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Dobson, for, for uh, having me today as one of your guests. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, so yeah, so I'm from, um, from a lot of places, actually. Um, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll go a, a little further back and talk a little about um, my mother and father first. Uh, my mom is from Highgate. Uh, she grew up on the family dairy farm. And my cousins actually still run the diversified farm today. Uh, my dad is a Vermonter as well. He's from Northfield. And my grandfather was the editor and the owner of the Northfield News, which is actually still being published um, today. Uh, my folks now live in Shelburne and my brother and his family live in St. Albans. Um, I currently live in Williston and I have for the past five years. Prior to that, I was in Shelburne and also in Charlotte. Um, just after moving uh, from New York City, where I lived for almost 25 years. Um, as you mentioned, doctor, I graduated from George Mason University and moved uh, to New York City to pursue a career in the fine arts. And eventually I became an EMT in an emergency room in Kingston, New York. And that's really when my passion for emergency preparedness and emergency response began that led me to become a paramedic and then to the New York City Fire Department. Wow. So right now, this moment, you are, um, are you in Williston right now? No, I'm actually in our blood donor center in Burlington, Vermont. In Burlington. Okay. Um, so then you're in New York and tell us a little bit about your experience there. Um, and Kingston, I know well, in fact, uh, our chief executive officer, Tom D was at uh, Kingston as well before he nice. came to Vermont to this hospital. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kingston um, was a 
an escape from New York City for me. Um, it uh, just just uh, about an hour and a half, two hours north of New York City. So it was a, an area where I would go and um, find respite and really enjoyed um, getting outside of the city, but, but ended up getting a job um, part-time um, in the emergency room at the Kingston um, Hospital, uh, was actually Benedictine Hospital at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and started working in the emergency room. And that's really when I um, knew that I wanted to continue this career. Um, and, and that's when I started training to become a paramedic um, at the Institute of Emergency Medicine uh, at St. Vincent's in New York City. Um, and then shortly after graduating from that program, um, got scooped up by the New York City Fire Department. Um, had to leave my EMT job in, in Kingston, but uh, happy to join the, the, the rank and file of the FDNY. And then you moved towards uh, to the Red Cross and disaster workforce engagement. So uh, how did that transition occur? And then tell us a little bit about what that means, disaster workforce engagement. Yeah, sure. So I decided to leave uh, the FDNY in 2015, partly because of my longing to be closer to my family here in Vermont. Um, As I stated, they're all here. Uh, So it was nice transition for me to find a job here at the Red Cross. And since I had become familiar with Red Cross training early on in high school, I was trained as a lifeguard. It truly shaped me into that person uh, willing and able to render aid in times of emergency crisis. So when I was looking to find the next step in my career, I was drawn to the prepare, respond and recover approach of disaster cycle services when within the Red Cross. And um, that's when I was hired here in the Vermont uh, chapter as the disaster workforce engagement manager. Um, So essentially uh, what I did in that role was uh, I trained our volunteers and um, our workforce with local, regional, and national responses. So there's a lot of training that that goes into making sure that those individuals can then respond to local emergencies. Uh, The Red Red Cross workforce is made up of primarily volunteers. They account for 90% of our workforce, so pretty significant group. We We rely on those individuals to provide service delivery to our clients, preparing, training, exercising, and deploying our volunteers was very satisfying as I watched our Vermont volunteers make a difference in people's lives, not only here in Vermont, but the larger region, the division and nationally. It's incredible how dedicated and compassionate our volunteers are. So tell us a little bit about the history of the Red Cross and and what the organization responsibilities and you know tell you the truth just a little bit about the organization I bet many people think of the Red Cross as a place where you go give blood and uh, that's about it. Uh, Yeah well we do a little bit more than just uh, collect and and supply blood to the hospitals Um, but the, the the National American Red Cross was born on the battlefield in 1881 by Clara Barton. The Vermont chapter of the American Red Cross was established 36 years later in 1917, and we are 105 years strong. Shall I say we're Vermont strong? Um, the mission. Yes, that's great. Uh, yeah, the mission of this organization, the American Red Cross, is to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of emergencies, and we do that by mobilizing the power of our volunteers and the generosity of our donors. 
our core values drive how we accomplish our goals and conduct ourselves to execute and achieve our strategic journey. Those five core values are compassionate, collaborative, creative, credible, and committed. Now the global Red Cross network of which the American Red Cross is a part of is the largest humanitarian network in the world with a society in almost every country. We are unified and guided by seven fundamental principles of humanity, impartiality, neutrality, independence, volunteer service, unity, and universality. All Red Cross and Red Crescent activities have one central purpose, and that is to help those who suffer without discrimination, whether during conflict, in response to natural or man-made disasters, or to alleviate human suffering brought on by conditions of chronic poverty. So very noble service industry that um, has quite a healthcare bent, although lots of uh, needs that aren't what somebody might say is directly healthcare, such as you said, I've, you know, I've seen um, and read reports of Red Cross activities where there are folks that are not in, in directly in healthcare who are contributing valuably, whether, whether that's in uh, operations or in uh, facilities uh, for, like you said, in, in times of severe crisis. And I, I just did not know that 90% of the workforce was volunteer. That's remarkable. It shows that people are behind the mission and, and want to provide that service in addition to whatever their normal occupation is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Our, our, our volunteers go above and beyond. And as you indicated, there are just an incredible number of opportunities to engage with the organization, depending on on the different line of service you may be interested in and, and, and what your skill set is or what you're interested in learning. So, you know, since you brought it up, um, tell us about how someone listening to this could learn a bit more um, and then also see whether or not their time would be uh, good and value added to the Red Cross? Well, there's a lot of opportunities, as I said, um, that the organization can provide. Um, uh, maybe what I'll do is start by talking about the five major programs of the, the, the work that we do in Red Cross, and that might spark some interest in some of your viewers. Um, biomedical services, as we mentioned, um, a, a big part of the work that we do. So the American Red Cross helps millions of people in their battle back to good health every year through our blood services program. Last year, the American Red Cross nationally collected approximately 4.8 million units of blood from roughly 2.8 million volunteer donors. So these donations were then processed into nearly 7 million blood products for transfusion to meet the needs of patients at approximately 2,600 hospitals across the country. But here in Vermont, we collected 33,541 units of blood and held 1,156 blood drives. So that was just within biomedical services. Wow. Uh, another line of services are disaster services. Um, and in disaster services, we provide relief to victims of disasters and help people prevent, prepare for, and respond to emergencies. Here in Vermont, an emergency or a response from disaster cycle services, unfortunately, comes usually in the form of a home fire. 
But today, Red Cross Volunteer Services responds to an average of nearly 64,000 disasters every year, from that home fire affecting a single family home to large emergencies affecting entire communities or a region of the country. American Red Cross volunteers provide food, shelter, relief, and obviously a, a shoulder to lead on as well during those crises. Um, in Vermont, we responded to 107 disasters last year, helping 383 people. Um, and the third line of, of, of business of the American Red Cross is its international services. Um, we are one of 187 Red Cross and Red Crescent societies around the world that helps millions of people outside the United States each year through disaster management and disease prevention activities. Uh, training service is another opportunity that you can get involved with the organization. We train people through our training services to learn life-saving skills. Each year, more than 5.9 million people receive Red Cross training and information in first aid, water safety, and other skills that help save lives. As I mentioned earlier, that's how I started with the Red Cross, was becoming a Red Cross trained lifeguard. But here in Vermont, we enrolled last year 2,741 people in first aid, CPR, and AED, 100, excuse me, 1,713 people in aquatics and water safety, and 727 people in caregiving. Now, I mentioned earlier that Clara Barton started this organization on the battlefield in 1881. So our services to the armed forces is something that we're very, very compassionate about. Uh, this worldwide network allows for the Red Cross services to the armed forces to provide 24-hour support to members of the military, veterans, and their families. We do that in war zones, military hospitals, military installations around the world. And in Vermont last year, we provided 614 services to military members, veterans, and their families. So, Doctor, there's, there's a lot going on with the Red Cross, so an, an opportunity in all five of the, those lines of services to, to volunteer. Yeah, it's great. You know, if you're in the audience listening and, and you're starting to get a little bit enthusiastic, you, you should be. I mean, this shows that you don't need to be a nurse. You don't need to be a doctor. You don't need to be a paramedic. There are many ways that you can participate directly or indirectly uh, through the Red Cross efforts. Um, you know, indirectly as easy as making that a part of your giving uh, for the year, your donation, um, doing volunteer activity that may seem mundane, but supports the operations of the Red Cross. And then also, of course, just going back, if you can, if you are eligible, uh, donating blood uh, regularly. And there is actually, if you donate blood, you know this, if you don't donate blood, you may not know this, but um, there is some, a really great app for your phone that helps you stay on task with your blood donation, tells you where to go, reminds you about seven times uh, the two days ahead of time so that you're not late for your appointment. And it, it's really slick. In fact, um, it's one of the slicker apps out there as far as, uh, as schedule reminding and getting things going. So um, you've told us a lot about the Red Cross. Just personally, back to you, but tell us a little about, about your role a little bit more specifically and um, what you've learned uh, since you've gotten with the Red Cross in this particular position. Uh, yeah, I would love to share a little bit more about it. So in my role as the executive director, I'm responsible for initiating and fostering partnerships with government entities, community-based groups, and private sector agencies. Um, so 
I'll share an example. Just last month, um, we collaborated with the town of Williston, the town of St. George, and the town of Hinesburg, community food shelves in those communities, those areas, um, the homeowners associations that make up those neighborhoods, our local rotary, and a couple of corporate sponsors with a program called Sound the Alarm. And that's an event where we installed free smoke alarms and provided home fire safety education to families. Although the free smoke alarm event took place last month, the partnerships, relationships, and planning obviously uh, develop over time, and we're looking to continue to do more of that work. You know, every second counts when there's a home fire. Home fires are very dangerous, and they claim more lives in a typical year than all natural disasters combined, if you can believe it. Nationally, on average, seven people die in a home fire every day, but working smoke alarms can cut the risk of dying in a home by in a home fire by half. So to help protect your household, we ask folks to test their smoke alarms each month and practice their escape plan until everyone can get out in less than two minutes or less. It's really important to practice that plan. Not only do you have to escape, but so do your children, elderly family members, individuals with needs, your pets, and your house guests. So most of us don't realize that we have just that two minutes to get out of a home fire. That's why the Vermont chapter started to prepare families to act quickly through this Sound the Alarm program. And so through that tar targeted outreach, we work with community partners to connect with families and educate about fire safety. Together, Red Cross volunteers and community partners met with families to share home fire safety information, recreated escape plans and installed free smoke alarms. Mm. On our one day of action last month, our volunteers and community partners made 51 homes safer by installing 148 free smoke alarms and 41 free CO detectors. We served 99 people of which 18 were under 70, 17, 40 were over 65, 14 were individuals with access or function needs and seven were veterans. So we're really excited about jumping into the community, supporting those individuals that, that need some help to make sure that those homes are safer. But again, we really rely on partnering with those towns, food shelves, fire departments to make all this work happen. Yeah, and you know, probably uh, many in the audience and, and myself included, although I'd heard some, don't realize the Red Cross's efforts on things like fire prevention, which clearly is disaster prevention. I want to move back just in our last few minutes real quick to uh, blood drives and the importance. And, uh, and I, I will say as an emergency physician, you know, unfortunately, I have to uh, order blood for uh, individuals who are at crisis. Basically, you know, we reserve the use of blood um, almost for, I mean, certainly for emergencies, but it's almost life or death as we try to, you know, uh, curtail the use and use it only when it's appropriate and worthwhile. Um, and actually had a staff member many, many years ago as, as some blood was being hung up, I heard this individual under their breath say thank you to the person that had donated the blood, which of course was no one around at that moment. There was no one there that donated the blood. It was donated, you know, previously months ago. And I found that so interesting. I don't even think the staff member knew anyone heard them. And so now I practice that, you know, under my breath a little bit, also use the opportunity to talk to staff about it. And I think that it's words like that that can help people really understand and appreciate it. 
But there we, we have, unfortunately, over the past uh, several months have been in a situation where there has been a, a shortage. And can you just talk a little bit about that and where we are today? Yeah, sure. First, I just want to say thank uh, Southwestern Medical Center uh, for its blood drive last month or actually last week. Um, all those blood donors that came out um, last week, uh, we collected 39 units of blood that day. Um, and those 39 units of blood, each, each unit can, can change up to three lives because that product can be used for, for three different patients. Um, but yes, we, we just recently experienced a very significant blood crisis. In January, the American Red Cross was faced with a national blood crisis uh, its worst blood shortage in over a decade, posing a risk to patient care. So doctors obviously were forced to make some difficult decisions about who was going to receive the transfusion and who needed to wait until more blood products became available. The Red Cross experienced about a 10% decline in the number of people donating blood since the pandemic began. And at schools and colleges, the Red Cross saw a 62% drop in blood drives due to the pandemic and schools not allowing for us to come in and use their facilities to collect blood. As a result, Gen Z, which accounts for nearly a quarter of donors in 2019, made up of just about 10% in 2021. So the Red Cross also continued to confront many issues with the pandemic, including staffing limitations. You know, everyone in the community across this country needs blood on a daily basis. At a time when many businesses and organizations across our country are experiencing pandemic challenges, the Red Cross was no different. And while we were all learning how to live in this new environment, how to spend our time, where to work, how to give back, or how we make a difference in the lives of others, donating blood must continue to be a part of it. So we kicked off the new year. Blood collection challenges continued and the, the nation faced the highest surge of COVID-19 cases, as well as winter weather across the country compounded the dire blood inventory situation. So at that time, the Red Cross had less than a one day supply of critical blood products, well below the ideal five day supply. But since then, we've been able to increase our collections. We've hired and trained new phlebotomists and have returned to community blood drive sites. Our inventory has increased, but remains vulnerable as we head into the summer when donations historically slow down due to summer school break and family vacations taking priority. So we're not completely out of, out of it. There's still an opportunity for us to increase collections. So if you can, make that appointment, keep that appointment, and then come back and join us when you're eligible again in eight weeks. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, actually, I know um, for the audience, many people are not eligible, and that's completely understandable. There's other ways, as we talked about earlier, uh, to um, give to the Red Cross, whether that's give through uh, financial or time or other resources, or even just awareness. Uh, that is, that's actually very effective. But if you can give blood, if you are eligible and you make it a regular occurrence, you know, there's so many things that we like to do for others um, that may or may not come to fruition. But if you give blood, uh, the chances that it's going to reach someone and make a difference is really high. Um, as, as I said earlier, and I sort of meant this in a specific way, blood is not just given sort of willy nilly to, to people. Um, it is definitely given. Uh, there has to be a reason. There has to be a, a true indication and a benefit. 
Um, and, and that is the case. So if you give blood, you can feel uh, very sure that it is likely going to save a life or make a big difference in someone's life. As, as we close up, um, we've talked about so many positive things. Just tell us one uh, true story that really makes you feel uh, good about your work and the work of your volunteers and staff. You've already shared one, but um, maybe just share another one that you've thought through. Uh, there was a very unfortunate situation that took place a number of years ago in Williamstown, Vermont. There was a uh, mobile home that caught fire. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. a six-year-old boy did not survive that fire. We as a uh, organization went into that community and, and, and had some very thoughtful conversations with the fire department and town leadership to discuss how we might be able to support the community. At that time, they needed a hug. And so we decided that we would partner with Norwich University. We uh, recruited 100 of their cadets. And in one day, we partnered with the fire department and went around that community, knocked on doors, provided free smoke alarms to those individuals that needed them in their homes and then provided that um, uh, those escape plans and the home fire safety checklist. So as a result of a very tragic event in Williamstown, we were able to use our resources and go in and, and, and prevent another tragic event like that from happening. It's fantastic. And Kevin, what, what do you look forward to professionally or personally over the next year? Well, uh, professionally, I love to uh, or professionally, I love to ski. I wish I was a professional ski uh, steer. Um, it's the field. But I, um, I, I love to ski. I, um, I actually uh, learned how to ski at Norwich University's um, ski slope when they had it open back in the seventies. Um, so my go-to now is Bolton. Which I can almost see it from here. Um, so I love to ski. So looking forward to a great ski season next year. But in the meantime, uh, my partner and I uh, have a little homestead. So we're raising some pigs this summer. We're um, uh, planting some amazing, well, we, they've already started popping out of the ground um, in our garden. So we've got uh, a lot going on at the homestead. So looking for a very prosperous um, and productive uh, year at the homestead as well. So I'll see you on the slopes or You'll see me tooling around on my, my little Kubota tractor on my homestead in uh, Williston. Kevin Mazuzan of the American Red Cross Vermont chapter, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Doctor. I appreciate it. And I'd also like to thank Mike Cutler from CAT TV, Ray Smith from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare, Ashley Jowett from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare. I'm Trey Dobson. Go out and find joy in everything you do, even in the face of adversity, and we will see you again next week.